Alright everybody, I'd like to welcome you to Cordial Candor. Uh, today I have with me as always, the one, the only, Samuel. Hello, with us also we have Dusty. Good afternoon. So guys, so Sam, yes sir. So Sam, I hear you have a very interesting today in history for us, and I'm kind of excited about it. I don't know what it is. I'm not sure you could say very interesting. Interesting to me, and interesting to a lot of people, but not necessarily interesting to to all that may be listening. So today in history, Einstein finished his paper, which detailed his theory on light, and the the main thing about this paper was that it was the first time that anyone introduced that light was uh, a small packet and this idea was so revolutionary that people like Bohr who were experts in the field in quantum mechanics actually looked down upon Einstein for having even written the paper. Uh, So it just kind of speaks to how far ahead Einstein was just absolutely leaps and bounds Hmm. even among his peers at the time. That's wild. You think that, you know, nowadays you hear, I mean, we compare people to Einstein. We're like, oh, he's no Einstein. And back then they were like, look at the town idiot. He's Einstein. Right. And to be fair, he does look like a lunatic. But I mean, hey, look, you can be a lunatic and be brilliant. <laughs> not mo- not I mean, mutually you're right. exclusive. He's a brilliant lunatic. <laughs> So, uh, I also kind of want to share a couple of news stories. Like, I don't know about anybody else, but like my news feed and my Facebook just filled with the coronavirus crap. And like, I'm just getting tired of it. So here are a couple of news stories that you may have missed that there is a near earth asteroid that will come, uh, in on April 29th, but it's going to be, it's got a diameter about 1.1 to two and a half miles wide. Uh, or let's just call it what it was, a killer asteroid. Uh, and if it, whenever it was first found in like 1998, it was deemed to potentially cause like life-threatening uh, uh, damage to Earth. So it's been monitored, but it will pass by safely on April 29th. Mm, that's good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. You know, and humans aren't extinct quite yet. Not gonna, <laughs> we live to fight another day. Not gone the way of the dinosaurs. Not yet. Speaking of dinosaurs, Dustin, I'm glad you brought that up. Oh, look so, at my a new species, game. <laughs> totally by accident, but I appreciate it. Uh, a new species of a carnivorous dinosaur was discovered uh, in an open access scientific journal. Uh, so, this dinosaur was discovered in, I think, the late 90s. Don't quote me on that, but it was in the 90s. Um, and it took years of excavation and research before they could finally figure out that this dinosaur uh, was, in fact, its own species. So, which is something I found kind of interesting. Uh, it takes so long to research these things because, like, there's been many a times where they found a little dinosaur, uh, like a, a smaller version of a bigger dinosaur, and they think it's a new species when, in fact, it was just a baby that had died. So, oh, sad. <laughs> you would be surprised how many times that's happened, but I don't think interesting I nonetheless. <laughs> One tear ran down my face. Yeah. So, and there's also a huge news story that uh, you guys, I figured you could talk on for a little bit, is that uh, Tom Brady has left the Patriots, and I believe, and who did he sign with? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tentatively. The Buccaneers. Okay. Tentatively, both sides have agreed to uh, a mutually exclusive contract. Okay. So tell me about that. 
TB12, Dusty, take it away, brother. Well, here comes Tom Brady with a new team. Um, he's going to have some good receivers to throw to. I'm not, you know, the backfield looks okay. The offensive line's pretty solid. Um, the defense is young. They've got some decent pit. They got some decent players. There's some decent pieces. I don't know if they'll necessarily have a Super Bowl caliber defense. Now, maybe come December next year or this year, I'm eating my words on that. But um, it's a it's an interesting move to say the least. I do like Bruce Arians as a head coach. Um, historically, a quarterback's coach. You know, he's the kind of guy who gets a quarterback and builds a system around him. Um, but here he has Jameis Winston, who with almost quite unarguably all the talent in the world <laughs> cannot figure out how to stop shooting himself in the old foot in, in his own foot constantly. I mean, <laughs> 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. You did 30 good things and 30 bad things. And that doesn't account for the sacks he took. And uh, in my opinion, and fumbles lost. Uh, but in my opinion, a touchdown is worth two interceptions. If you throw or an interception is worth two touchdowns. If you throw two interceptions <laughs> in a game, you better throw four touchdowns if you expect to win that game. You know, I mean, there are instances of it not happening, but if you're going to give the ball up like that, you have to make some plays on your end to, uh, to turn it around. And if you can't, I mean, 30, if you can't coach that out of a quarterback, that's, I mean, 30. That's unheard of. Yeah, and to, just to note note a couple things, uh, TB12, uh, as some commoners known him as Tom Brady, uh, but sports fanatics all know TB12. Um, what I'm worried about is he's like 43 years old. So for him, this is pretty much unheard of for a quarterback to play at such a late age. Hey, don't sleep on him, man. Well, I mean, I'm not, but... You know, you have uh, you have a quarterback in uh, Jameis Winston who is, for lack, lack a lack of a better term, a lame duck. Uh, he's just I I don't know how you can throw for five thousand yards, thirty touchdowns, and just have a sidekicker like Dusty said of that big old red number thirty ints. It's so, almost impressive for me. <laughs> I know, like I I could go out and throw thirty interceptions. Maybe if I went out and played on an NFL team, I probably wouldn't even get the ball out of my hand. I'd have like a record for sacks taken. I mean, just lay down and all cry. I'm saying is you could pay me to be less bad. <laughs> yeah, I could. I, if an NFL team wants to sign me, I can go out there, throw maybe four or five touchdowns, <laughs> run for my life, and not throw. 30 oh, I'm not going to guarantee I can uh, throw five, four or five touchdowns, but I can throw a lot less interception. <laughs> I can guarantee that. <laughs> I'll throw it to the people in the stands. Uh, I think it's overall it's a better move for Tampa Bay. Uh, you do have people like uh, Chris Godwin out there who uh, obviously very good receivers. Uh, they did also sign uh, a defensive tackle, so they're putting the pieces together. Um, not really sure, like Dusty said, I really don't know if their defense can hold up and make a playoff run, but uh, only time will tell. So. Looks like a good move for the Buccaneers. It couldn't have gotten worse unless so, you signed me or Dusty. <laughs> do you all think that we should expect the Buccaneers to be in the Super Bowl? No. 
next year. No, no. I'm taking okay. the field. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, yeah, if you, I'm well, like everyone kind of praises odds. Tom Brady for being, you know, the greatest quarterback of all time. That's echoed a lot. And this is so I wasn't sure if that was going to be a game changer or not. This is your test. I don't care. You're there's no longer the you can't say oh it's because he's old. I don't want to hear it next year when he goes downhill. He was old last year. You know, he didn't have a great year last year. He didn't. And th- this is his first time outside of a Bill Belichick system that puts a team together, top to bottom, plays to its strengths. It doesn't care what its strengths are. He doesn't care. He looks at the players he has. He looks at the whole sum of his team and says, this team could be really good at this, and we can do a little bit of this. So let's do a whole lot of A, a little bit of B, and, you know, we'll throw in some C, D, E, F, and G from here to there and have Wes Welker, Julian Edelman, whoever, throw a touchdown, you know. This is the first time that we're going to see him where they kind of squarely place, I mean, they're not going to place a team on his shoulders, but it's the first time we're going to see Brady with some real players, right? I mean, when was the last Has time... Has he been with fake players before? Yes, when was the last time he had... Danny Amendola, for example. Uh, when was the last time he had a top 10 NFL receiver? Randy Moss. When was the last time he had two top 15 wide receivers? Never. I mean, here it is, man. It's not going to get any easier for you. If you're going to do something, here's the team to do it with. Like, you've got the weapons. <laughs> These guys are obviously all in on you for the next year. Maybe two to three. We haven't seen the deal yet. But tentatively, between a one to three year, $50 million deal a year. That is an absurd number. 30? 30. I thought you said fifty. Yeah, thirty. I thought you said year. fifty earlier. I was gonna say thirty makes a lot more sense. Uh, and I've been saying this for a while. Dusty can attest to this. I have been saying for weeks TB12 was gonna go to the Bucks, and I don't even like the Bucks. He does not, and he did call it. <laughs> his twelve is jersey number. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm okay. sorry. I just I've never I've never really called him Tom Brady. I've always called him TB12 since it's been popular. I don't so know what's his was. new number gonna be? Is he gonna be, It'll be twelve? Is it still gonna be twelve? Huh? Yeah, they they won't take that number away from him. They'll they'll unretire <laughs> they'll make sure he it. They'll it. buy he'll buy it off another player or whatever it is, because that does happen. They do buy their numbers off other players. That's crazy. Yeah, like if you're a big time star who wears say just twelve, because we're talking about it, and you know, oh the third string running back wears number twelve, third string wide receiver because running backs don't wear number twelve normally where's number 12 and he's like hey here's 500 grand give me your number <laughs> and i would Deal. say you can have it <laughs> like great sign me up for 13 <laughs> what i don't i mean how weird is it going to be dusty watching tom brady trot out in a bucks uniform i just hope they wear the cream sickles all year next year man nothing but the creamies oh god i love it oh, it's my favorite i mean i would I would like to see the the two thousand circa two thousand Buccaneers jerseys come back, but the red and gold kind of deal. Uh, the brown and oh, red. Oh yeah, I forgot about those. Those are kind of the Brad Johnson <clears throat> ones. The Bucks have some ugly uniforms, and... bro. <laughs> when they won the Super Bowl in I think oh one, they had some. I loved watching them play then. So, uh, 
I would like to see it. Well, dare to dream. Dream sickle. So, um, I guess I mean, we've we've kind of beat a dead horse here, but it's pretty freaking awesome. <laughs> oh yeah, the horse is really dead. It's gonna be some. It's gonna be uh, different. Yeah. We'll see. There's gonna be. I think. I think this year could affect his legacy a whole lot because if he goes out there and he sucks. And the team's frustrated with them because they're like, man, all you had to do was get the ball to these good wide receivers. We're going to say, man, look at Tom Brady. Do you think he was really that great, or is Bill Belichick the greatest football coach to ever live? Well, another thing you could think is he's going to be unemployed if they don't do well. So that kind of oh, is a... Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, a multimillionaire a... unemployed. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of a segue into a question I have for both of you. Okay. We've uh we've we've had some numbers come out and due to the coronavirus, you know, beat a dead horse even more dead. <laughs> this horse is just going to be gone soon. Yeah. Uh We've been warned that unemployment could rise up to 20%. Oh, I haven't seen that number. Okay. That uh seen surprise me though. Uh CNN, it came up on my feed. CNN released it about 3 minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> yeah breaking so uh what do you you know what do you guys think about that um i mean i mean it doesn't surprise me one bit when you start shutting down industries like the governors in our home state of kentucky you know don't get me wrong it was a good move on his part very proactive to shut down restaurants and mm. uh to ask people to limit um you know being in large groups it's it's good it's a good move to try to protect people from the virus but a very bad move for the economy like we're going to see these effect the effects for at least probably a couple of years before everything recovers fully. So is it worth is it worth the damage to the economy to to do as much as we're doing? See, Lincoln, that's that's a hard question. So, like, human life is intrinsically valuable, or at least we'd like to think so. So. I, th- I think yeah to you know to save to save lives I think it's okay to do this at least for a small amount of time uh, I, but we don't have no idea how long this is going to go on it very well may ha- go on for a month and uh, yeah unemployment rate might might go up but I mean those people will be fine and as soon as the ban's lifted they're going to go back to work so it's just it's going to be it's the the event itself is going to be short-lived but the impact may be far-reaching that's my concern but and also uh i heard some some talk today about this um is we're seeing china is starting to open their factories back up china is starting to release their crackdown on everybody not moving you know people are allowed to go back out into public um things are getting better there it's been i don't know what maybe a month i mean it started in november of last year if i do recall correctly that's correct well but i mean since like the real shutdowns have begun across but you know it's been you know it's been a few months regardless and China's yeah. starting to open back up. At what? When do we start to say, okay, look, if you get it and you're under the age of sixty, you're more than likely gonna be okay. 
happen. Well, that's see, that's the problem. Like, it's assuming that you can get adequate medical care. But what Italy saw is that hospitals being mass massively overrun, uh, and they just don't have the capability to uh, try to help that many people. And the same would be with the United States. It's such a large population, such a marginally small amount of hospital beds. There's not going to be a whole lot they can do. And speaking of Italy, did you hear that they stopped treating the elderly? I didn't, but that's harsh. and no. it, It's harsh, but I understand. So Italy is going to have uh, potentially a large sector of their 60 and older popula- population. Population. <laughs> Pop- population. Population. Uh, die. But we knew Italy was bad at at money right already we already knew they were bad at this (laughs) they crashed their own economy what five years ago is that how long it was uh that was that was mainly greece Greece? oh yeah greece Mm -hmm. was the one that was hit the hardest but italy suffered but greece was the worst of all the group Mm. but i mean (sighs) small countries high population density it hits hard it hits fast and when people panic it doesn't help anything and see that's the craziest thing to me like i don't understand why people are panicking so badly like the the effect on the economy wouldn't be nearly as bad if people weren't panicking it might and it might be the only thing supporting it though the fact that people are panic buying and emptying out the shelves every day might be the only thing that's keeping the economy turning right now (laughs) To be honest, I mean, with you. it's a good point. Maybe I mean because people but aren't going to go stock out market. and go to movies or you know eat in restaurants anymore. But they still got to buy food, so at least at least there's something. And toilet paper, for God's oh, sake! Lord. Yeah, I don't need toilet paper. Jesus. I mean, I'm I'm interested to see what's going to happen, especially with the economy. Like, looking at the stock markets, like, people are pulling their money out like crazy, and it's just going down. It's been an absolute free fall for a while. It's starting to recover here and there, but overall, you know, it's going down. Yeah, well, anytime you see yeah, people start... Everybody's terrified. Every time you see people start pulling their money out of the market for fear, it's just... I love it. It's an opportunity for young, broke people like me to make a little bit of money, but... Same fam. You know, smarter people should prevail, right? I mean, surely people who are older than me know that it's going to rebound. And maybe it's an auto trigger. I do see that some of these places offer, are, offer auto triggers, and if it falls below some, you know, 10% of your initial investment, you know, if you lose so much money, basically, that's not real money, but it's an unrealized yeah. gain, it'll start selling. And. You know, the auto tickers probably are the first part of that. And then people are like, oh, no, look, all the auto tickers sold off. We probably should, too. Ma, grab the iPad. Let's sell it off. (laughs) Well, like, if you're going to sell it off, like, if you're going to sell it off, do it, like, at the very beginning and then wait and then reinvest everything you took out. Like, that's the only thing that that even makes remote sense to me. But that doesn't seem like this. You'd probably lose so much in taxes and fees that it wouldn't be worth it. You think? Yeah. You'd probably be worse off than before. Now, maybe you can get a couple extra. I don't know. Maybe you can swipe a few extra shares out if you're if it crashes below well below your investment point. But yeah, I'm not. I don't really know 
like what the uh, taxes are with stocks. Like, do you like? I know if it's over a certain amount, you have to pay capital gains tax. Yeah. And then also income tax, if I understand that correctly. Kinda. Yeah, it's it's a real pain. Kinda. How do you mean? Well, you have to pay income. You're tax. my tax expert. You have to pay the income taxes. There is a capital gains tax above a certain amount. Like it's. What's that certain amount? Do you know? I think it's a lot. I want to say it's like two hundred fifty thousand dollars, but I don't know if that's right. Oh. So I'm not going to quote myself on that. Matt says no, sir. It's way lower. What is it? Is it fifty? I heard yeah, fifty thousand. It might be. 50. I think it's around fifty. Yeah. But I wasn't sure about it. Yeah. So, but I mean, if you're making fifty thousand dollars from the market a year, you know, you're probably doing okay. Yeah. Unless that's your full-time job, then ooh. Well, then you, I mean, you, you still made $50,000 a year doing nothing but sitting at staring at a screen. I mean, it's not like it's hard work. <laughs> I mean, maybe physically, but it's, I assume it's mentally draining. Like, I've been paying attention a lot to the stock market in, like, the past, you know, two weeks or so. And, I mean, it, it's, yeah, it's quite draining. There's It's a lot, very time-consuming, for me at least. It's not an emotional person's game, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah no doubt alright guys what do we have next me why are you pointing at me you want me to go next okay yeah alright Tom Brady has so- rejected an agreement in principle to sign with a new team hold on breaking Breaking news, all right, we're going to our live reporter, uh, Dusty. Uh, it looks like I'm seeing here Tom Brady, uh, well, I saw agreed, and then I saw a new report that popped up and said uh, he was going to decline, and now it says he's going to. I don't know if he is or not. I'm really confused. Someone help. Uh, I don't know. No, mine's still showing agreed. I saw agreed, but then it said declined, and I was like, oh. Never mind, no breaking news. Edit that out. All right, disagree the last. God dang it. Uh-huh. All right. So then I have a question for you, you guys. you got to go back and edit the name out anyway. Yeah, I know. All right, so I've got a question for you guys since it's my turn. So as a general concept, looking at humans and human nature and what have you so do you guys think that humans are better at creating or better at destroying oh we are built for destruction Bubba. <laughs> destroying <laughs> really i mean that's interesting because I, I actually kind of disagree well what do you want to what do you want to consider creating is rubbing two sticks together and making fire creating or yeah i'm fine with that innovation invention i'm fine with that well then we probably have we innovate quite frequently. The issue is is that we don't really look at the downside of the innovations until long term. <laughs> and so that they end up causing a lot of destruction along the way, you know. But we also blow, you know, uh, the downsides of a lot of things way out of proportion. For example, nuclear energy. Like that hasn't really, that technology really hasn't been updated since the mid seventies. So people freak out anytime they anytime they hear the word nuclear. But if we actually invested time and money into it, it could be, it would be the best energy source we could possibly ever have. I think that the the thing I think about here is humans, we create so many new things, but so many of them are built for the destruction of other things. 
Yeah, but there's a whole downside, and there's a whole other side to that. Because, like, yeah, you can point to the atomic bomb or whatever, but you can also point to in a nuclear energy. Yeah, there's always going to be a second side to the coin. People are going to use technology for nefarious reasons, but it's it's still creation to me. Now, I, I value, like, for that example alone, I value nuclear, value nuclear energy way more than I disvalue nuclear weapons. Hmm. I mean, it could be super... I mean, if it was properly funded and researched... It would, short of figuring out how to break the laws of thermodynamics, is probably <laughs> reverse entropy. <laughs> is probably our best bet for clean, sustainable, almost unlimited em- energy. You know, I mean, well, maybe like like if we if we could just go to fusion and use try to use something like thorium, it's a lot less volatile. It would, it would be a lot better and a lot safer. Well, and I don't see why we're not. But then, I, and that's what I don't get. Why have we not started to? What is what stands in our way of doing that? Um, people are scared, man. Like I mentioned, every any time they hear the word nuclear, they just freak out and they're like, "Oh, that must be a bad idea." I mean, for good reason on their part. You know, they hear the Fu- uh, Fukushima, Chernobyl. Yeah, I was about uh, to say Chernobyl. Yeah, and uh, you know Nagasaki and Hiroshima. So I mean, it's anytime they've heard of nuclear in the news, it's because of some tragedy, which I think is a travesty in itself. But well, that's the nature this. of the beast. You're always going to get the negative stories and hardly ever the positive. Go for it, Matt. Well, for one, I just opened up orange juice and it may have made a little noise. Uh, uh, so sorry, I'll viewers, if that out. gets in there. Uh, but. I do agree with you, Samuel. The good outweighs the bad in terms of the possibilities for sustainable, clean, uh, unlimited energy. And then the bad side is you have something like a Chernobyl, which is a, a freak accident. Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily call it a freak accident. It was completely human error from the creation of the reactor to the management, to the uh, people who really just didn't know what they were doing there on site. So, which, here's here's the scary part. Like, Russia still has, you know, I think six or seven other nuclear power plants that still use the same uh, uh, coolant system as what, ha- what was being used in Chernobyl, and that's what failed. So we could very well see another Chernobyl in several um, places in Russia. They just haven't gone gotten around to updating it. How do you not get up to updating something like that? <laughs> well, they had an entire economic and government collapse, and they now have Putin, who's trying to become dictator. Hmm. And there you go. <laughs> anyway, sorry. we got to get back to the actual question there. What was the question? So, <laughs> to kind of wrap it up, I guess we'll actually digress. So the question was, um, what do you guys think that humans are better at creating or destroying? I'm going to go with destroying still. We create a lot of great things. Um, I think we're good at unintentionally destroying. I I don't think we do a whole lot of intentional destruction. There are some people that do, but I think the vast majority of people don't. Um, I I would agree with that. And I think it really is 
you know the it's a, it's an outlier on both sides of people who create and people who destroy and it probably yeah. peters out at some point you know so much destruction so much uh innovation uh the question is is do the innovations always get the the recognition that the the destruction gets because obviously bombs sell a whole lot better than band-aids <laughs> that was a good one well, y'all so <laughs> here's the- here's my thing so i i think the main evidence to that we are better at constructing is the fact that we're still here if we were better at destroying it's not likely that we would be able to be we would be here to contemplate the question I'm going to stick with destroying just because of 2019 and prior looking at uh, Australia, the wildfires, the animals that died, uh, ecosystems that we're losing because of human interaction. But how many uh, have we, we've also saved in Australia. We also, we helped stop the brush fires. If we weren't there for that, a lot more would have died. The brush fires that were started by people though. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, we help try to help negate that absolutely. But like, like I said, like we we would not be here to contemplate the question if we were better at destroying. I'm not. I'm not saying that we're built for it. Uh, if whatever is intentional and unintentional, I think that uh, technology is something we're good at that helps us create, and we're good at creating new things. But in my opinion, I think we are just a little bit better at destroying. Not in a whole sense. I think that there are just more people who are bent on doing bad than there are people that are bent on doing good. Uh, See, that's a fallacy in and of itself because no one views themselves as being the bad guy. So it's completely based upon your perception. I would like to argue that Billie Eilish accepts that she's the bad guy. Ah, Duh. very well. Okay, this that one. is a good. <laughs> God dang it, that was good. Okay, I did like that. Oh man, I'm sorry. I had the opportunity and I had to seize it. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. All right, Matthew. What else do you have for us? Even though you're not warranted in your previous opinion. Well, everybody. Hey, opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got one. They all stink. Um, yeah, and that's why they all are stealing all the toilet paper. So, apparently, somewhere there's some out assholes out there we didn't know about. Um, up next, do you guys want to talk about politics? If we have to. <laughs> yeah, sure, go for it. Let's do the thing. What you got? Well, we don't have to. What you got? So, at this point, we've seen uh, in-person elections suspended until, uh, I think some have gone back to August, some to July. What do you think the implications of this coronavirus are in terms of people's voting? Well, I would like to first start off with saying that the DNC is challenging some of those uh, um, rulings where uh, other the other an, an enemy party has postponed an election and they are they're challenging that in the up to the Supreme Court. It's going to appear to see if they can keep it going, which I think is really ridiculous at this point. Um, yeah, to try to sacrifice the lives like, of people seems a bit ridiculous for yeah. one's own gain. I mean, if you're going to be, if you're one of the people who stands there and, you know, checks people in, how many IDs 
are you going to check? How many people are you going to see and meet? And like, you're going to come in. I mean, it's the exact thing that they're telling us not to do. Like there's no staying, yeah, exactly. there's no staying six feet away from people. There's no avoiding places with lots of hard surfaces where bacteria can fester. I mean, it seems like a no brainer to postpone it and say, okay, look, nobody's really going to be hurt here. Like, we're pushing it all back. It doesn't matter. Like, there's more pressing issues than than an election currently. And I understand that that's an important thing, but... Yeah, I didn't realize they were fighting it. I had no idea. I didn't even see that news story. I saw one case that it was that they were trying to challenge it. I don't know if that was Which in to me one seems state so or, stupid. I mean, it seems, it seems ridiculous, but... I guess at the same time, if you, I don't know, because you're not going to have great voter turnout, so I don't know what you're thinking there. Nobody's going to come vote. They're, I mean, you're going to have 10,000 votes in a state of millions of people because people are going to be like, eh, you know what, I just really don't want to go there today. Where's the yeah. last place I want to go? Around 600 other people? Yeah, let's do that. No. <laughs> Stay home. They're telling us to keep our our interactions to our close-knit circle so family and you know neighbors and close friends that you see on a regular basis i don't speak to my neighbors <laughs> yeah so i mean well my thing is like uh if my friends wanted to have a get together you know what i'd probably go because i know that all my friends are responsible enough to hey if i'm feeling ill i'm not gonna go yeah no doubt because you know yeah, we but have see, children that's the problem like, because you can carry it up to, you know, two weeks without having any symptoms or not feeling well, quote-unquote. So, I mean, there's still that danger with this particular virus. Yeah, or if they've been in contact with somebody they know has it. Uh, but, I mean, that's it just is what it is. And I do think that we should keep our interactions to our bare minimum. You would think... So that kind of... <laughs> Go ahead. That's kind of the common sense of, I mean, you would think that's the common sense solution there, right? I mean. But is anything yeah. truly common sense? Okay. So what do you think about the possibility that the government is going to send everyone $1,000? That's your dog's really that. I know. He's cute, though. Okay. Oh, I, th- <laughs> I thought you were talking to me for a second. I was like, my dogs aren't here. <laughs> so what do I think? Like... Alright, so, in theory, like, being a single person in the United States, to get an extra, like, $1,000 sounds great. Like, I, you know, I wouldn't be upset about it, but then you have to consider, you know, we have a population of, like, 326 million as of the last census, so it's likely going to be higher than that. Donald Trump came out and said that, you know, the millionaires wouldn't be getting it, and so even if there's, like, estimated 15 million or so millionaires in the United States, so... If we even if we round down to just three hundred million, you're looking at three trillion dollars to be spent, and that to well, me it's the just bill was only insane. one trillion. So, Do what? They were talking about sending one trillion out because they won't send it to anyone under eighteen. Okay, that is a good point then. So, Added but the then end. my question becomes: what what rollbacks do we start immediately after? Right. So we give okay, everybody gets a thousand dollars a month, but guess what? No more what? No more unemployment? 
No more social no, security? it wasn't every month. No this was one month, as far as I've seen. Okay, so uh, it was supposed to be every month uh, the coronavirus is uh, having a dastardly effect. So basically, as long as it's a federal, as long as it's a national state of emergency, I suppose, they, will, they will do it. And I mean, I don't know. I mean, I understand that you want to provide relief to people, and there are probably people who need that especially you know the service industry stuff like that where people are going to be out of jobs but is that not what unemployment is for yeah i mean it's gonna I mean, be it's gonna be the same thing right i mean except instead well, I mean, of that they're just gonna give everybody including the people who don't need it a thousand dollars which don't get me wrong you give me a thousand dollars i'm gonna spend it <laughs> yeah i mean they're trying well, to get a jump start to the economy so it makes sense but like if you're gonna spend that much like what I think would be an interesting move to see from Donald Trump would be if he himself went through and spent like the one point five or six trillion dollars, whatever it's supposed to be, to cancel student debt. Like I, I'm, I'm like kind of against the idea in general, but to accomplish his goal of jump starting the economy and then also to take something out of from Bernie Sanders, I think would be a really interesting move. But um, so my main problem with this, I guess is Donald Trump is the one, you know, supporting this, trying to push it through, whatever. And it almost feels like bribery. Because, you know, this is an election year. You know, if if you're going to vote for somebody, vote for the guy who gave you $1,000. Well, but... And that's, that's kind of what? what I'm... But that's all politics that's what is, is the entire other side. Bernie Sanders is trying to bribe you with free everything with your own money. What's the difference? I except know. Except he might and actually I, get something, except if you get $1,000, you might actually be able to do something with it. I mean, and like I, f- I hate them both. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm not saying that you know Bernie Sanders is trying to Donald Trump. Wrong. I think it's both crap. And but I just think it's bribery in the in, in a horrible sense, very nefarious sense, in my opinion. That's all it is. That's all but, any politics is. Is we're gonna spend your money. We're gonna spend the money we take from you without your permission, and spend it the way you want it to be spent. Or you could just give me my mofo money and let me spend it the way I want it to be spent. Would be nice, right? Right. I mean, what well, I don't understand. It's a thousand. <laughs> it's a thousand dollars. Like, thousand dollars doesn't even pay my mortgage. So, like, what is how much the is your real mortgage? A little over a thousand. Jesus Christ, man! It's a thousand eighty-one, I think, a month. I'm not sure, but like, what does a thousand dollars really do? I don't see. A, like, if I got a thousand dollars in my hand today. I don't. I don't know what I would do with it. There's not much you can do with. Oh, I would throw it in the stock market, no doubt. Yeah, I mean that's about it. <laughs> like that's about all I would do with it because a thousand dollars doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't. It pays. May it, it makes a truck payment and then a little something extra. Like, <laughs> I mean, if you want to see real change, you need to do kind of like what Samuel said. Add add seven tenths of a trillion and. Cancel student debt. Oh no, Do it was something... one that was like one point six was like the uh, estimated amount, but no one really knows exactly how much it would cost. So the problem with that solution to me is it doesn't help. I'm everyone. sorry, which one? The, uh, we, oh, kind of you're right. I'm playing the pronoun game, or I'm being <laughs> I'm being unclear. Um, the problem with canceling student debt to me is one, it doesn't affect everybody, and two, mm-hmm. you've taken money from people who went to school on a scholarship whatever you know you're spending other people's money to pay for other people's decisions and that's not what i like 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm in that situation. You know, I haven't had to pay for education at all yet. Exactly. So, so I mean, and you would basically your tax money would be going to making sure mine got paid off. Which you know, it's a little different and, when it's you and me. But if it's some yeah. guy in California who got a degree and decided he wanted to open a dispensary instead and failed his dispensary and now he's sixty thousand dollars in student loan debt and works at taco bell like dusty his name is bill and he is in oklahoma oh no that is not bill bill's got to be better than that uh, you're right i uh, expect more just from a Samuels little fans <laughs> yeah i do too uh that guy was probably my fan uh the the one thing i do want to say here since we are talking about politics joe biden has just been projected to win florida so apparently florida's oh, voting was still going on i don't know i just got the update from cnn well, well so. a lot of them were doing uh like online voting and stuff like mail-in voting because if you've mailed in your votes already then they've already you know they'll they'll they will count those and, you know, assuming they don't close the polls, but I would be very curious to see the turnout, particularly because Florida is an overwhelmingly old people state. <laughs> yeah. um, and they are the people see, at if... most risk for, you know, this whole epidemic. So it would seem to me well, that yeah. if, if I were old, I would not be leaving my house if I could help it. Yeah. Well, uh, as of right now, Joe Biden has over eight hundred thousand votes. Wow. What's Bernie have? Uh, three hundred and twenty-seven thousand. Oh crap! Mm-hmm. See, like yeah. I figured, Bernie Sanders would be more popular there, just because like <gasps> no. how much he talks about like expanding Social Security. No, and he's pro Cuba. all these other things. <laughs> he's pro Cuba. When he came out pro Cuba, he lost Florida. That's that. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. There are a whole lot of people who came over on a truck that they had to float on some extra tires to try and get away from Cuba in Florida. And those people understand that that place sucked. And who cares if their (laughs) literacy rate is 100%? They kill people they disagree with. Yeah, Yeah, if you're reading a Karl Marx... You can't (laughs) overlook the bad for the good sometimes, just like you can't overlook the good for the bad, you know? It's, uh... Well, I mean, I still think it's important or at least interesting to note what the Castros have been able to do in Cuba. I mean, you know, I we put them in power, so I mean, like, anything they do, we're kind of responsible for. Correct. Uh, but we've but tried I, to, I just, we've tried to remove that power, too. Just haven't been able to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which, which really sucks. But anyway, like, I just... Sometimes I think it's it's good just to take everything for what it is. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Castro sucks. They, they or both of them. They suck. They're dictators. But at the same time, they're 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 trying to do something for their people. You know, I don't get me wrong. It's not ideal, but at least it's something. They could be a lot worse. You know, to their people, but at, at least they're doing some good. It's easy. Some good's better than no good. It's easy to stay a slumlord and have the people love you if you give them a turkey every Thanksgiving because they just remember that you gave them a turkey on Thanksgiving and not that you stole the rest of their living the rest of their year. You know? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Sometimes one kind act can kind of make people forget that you're an asshole. <laughs> and 
that's kind of what learning people and teaching people, learning people to read. Good Lord. Maybe I need to go to Cuba. Uh, (laughs) That's kind of what this feels like to me. You know, here, we taught you to read. Their literacy rate, by the way, was uh, not negligible before he came into power. I believe it was in the mid to upper 80s. Mm-hmm. And the majority of his uh, campaign focused on teaching poor farmers to read, which is a good cause, but it's not like you're teaching 50% of the population to read. I don't yeah, know. I just so, if, if people are getting educated, I, I'm 100% for that in most cases. And the material they studied was propaganda. That didn't surprise me. See, like with that... Uh, that education, the 100% literacy rate, like, I'm surprised they haven't been completely overthrown. Because, uh, you know, like, if you take anything from uh, Russia, whether it be Leonard or Stalin, you keep your people stupid to keep them uh, in check. Like, you don't allow them to read anything. Especially if they, uh, you know, the Communist Manifesto for, you know, Karl Marx, he, he, he was trying to make a good society where people could flourish, but it was horribly perverted by, you know, Mao Zedong and Lenin to install it, to get what they wanted. But, but if you're going to, but we know that, right? So we know that the way you keep people under their thumb is by keeping them dumb. Mm-hmm. And he probably does too. So he teaches them to read gives them propaganda to read, controls the information coming in and out so that there's no anti-Cuba information coming out. Dang, they're going under China uh, China hype right there. So, I mean, I was say, it sounded like North Korea. <laughs> they're all the same. I mean... I'll have you know those, those Koreans don't want to be called that. Don't want to be called what? Cuban. Okay, I'm sorry, I have a side question. We can come back to this, absolutely. But like, so Donald Trump put out a tweet, and uh, he called the coronavirus the Chinese virus, which, if something, like, and people were just giving him a whole lot of crap for it, but, uh, but if something originates in a country or a place, like, part of me thinks it's totally valid to call it that. Like, we called the H1N1 in 1918 the Spanish flu, so what's the difference with calling this the Chinese virus like yeah it may not be the most culturally sensitive thing but is it really worth getting on Donald Trump's case about it I don't know I don't I, I, I guess not like that, that's that's kind of my opinion like I mean if it originates in a place I think it's totally valid to call it like if you call it the Wuhan virus I wouldn't be like how dare you not be culturally sensitive I'd be like accurate I think you could make but, that argument for a lot of things that Donald Trump says and does. Is is it really relevant? Like, turns out he uh, he uh, called some countries bad places to live for a nicer use of terms, <laughs> and uh, turns out those places are pretty not nice to live. Yeah, just not nice, but accurate. Look, you can be right and be a jerk. Two things can happen at the same time. Like, you know what I mean? I mean, absolutely. And I think that that's part of the, part of the thing that people don't like about Donald Trump is he's normally right. He's just a jerk about it. Well, I I don't know about that. Well, when he, there are things that he speaks about that he probably shouldn't. Like, 
and he should just let his experts handle it. And he normally lets them mm-hmm. do the work, and he tries to be the front man. And sometimes, you know, don't be the front man. <laughs> sometimes you can be, you know, you can be the fourth guy standing back on the stage and be like, hey, cool, look, look what we did. And, yeah. like, let these other three guys talk, because they know what they're talking about. They're scientists, you know? <laughs> these guys have credibility. You don't. But the Donald the, the uh the current administration doesn't believe in science. They tried to pray the gay away. Well, Mike Pence. Yeah, that's at Mike Pence. <laughs> yeah, I, I got it. I was just like, <laughs> Mike Pence. Well, you know, say what you will. That's still kind of probably a touchy subject for some people. I obviously don't think that you can pray the gay away, but, you know. <laughs> it's just it's so silly to me like i just i can't even fathom but you know that's a a pillar of religious beliefs for a lot of people and i thought mike pence did electroshock therapy or something no there's never any electroshock therapy that's just what they said he did i have no idea <laughs> but uh you know you can <laughs> i i don't know i think you can you can still be nice to somebody and still give them the respect and the rights they deserve and disagree with their disagree with their life decisions. I don't know why that's. Yeah. I don't know I mean, why that. Should that's, you disagree? Like I don't know why that's I don't know why that's controversial. Contentious. Controversial okay. that you can that you can don't have to agree with people. Like we don't agree about a lot of things. We can find where we do agree and then back ourselves into where, you know, back ourselves yeah. into what we can agree on. And that's where you can start to work together. But instead, we just focus on where we're opposed and hammer down. And it's it does nothing but cause division and spin you in circles. And we're definitely a it's, lot more alike than we are different. I think that's something that's... Uh important to try to keep in mind absolutely i think it's kind of like flossing go ahead flossing it's kind of like flossing nobody wants to do it but you really should yeah i mean i think at the end i mean studies have come out that flossing actually doesn't help as much as they originally thought it did take that (laughs) because you know you go to your dentist and like oh have you been flossing you're like yeah man and it's like Mm -hmm. yeah i've flossed like once in the past two years uh but so yeah, oh, the people they Ooh. people thought they were flossing, but really they were just brushing their teeth and it was doing just fine. Which is arguably bad for your teeth. Uh yeah. <clears throat> it's brushing them too much definitely can be bad. Destroys the enamel. Tis indeed. But I think so, at the Samuel. Go ahead. What do you got? Go What's ahead. next? Do we have a new one? No, go ahead. Do we have a new one? We do. <clears throat> go for it. We do. Go for it. It's Samuel's. Ah. Do you want to do you want to steal it again? <laughs> My question to you is then is life fair? Why or why not? So like this is this is an interesting question to me at least but like um so you know it, it says in our constitution no wait is it god dang it is the constitution declaration of independence like all men are created equal anyway doesn't matter it's written then it's a, a, an idea that we're supposed to believe but are all people created equal and i think the answer is obviously not i think so the intent of that is that 
And I think the way it should be read is that all people in the eyes of the law are no different. Everybody at the end of the day gets the same treatment, should, should get the same treatment in a court of law (laughs) through their due process. And obviously people aren't created equal or we would all be the same size, the same height, the same weight. We'd all look the same within some, I mean, we're obviously not. And that's part of what makes us so fantastic is because there are people like who LeBron James and uh elon musk exactly well i was gonna go with another athlete but yes you know people who are way more athletic and way smarter than us but there are also people who are less athletic than us and less smart than us and it's everybody has something they're good at and you have to find what you're good at and figure out how you want to pursue that to make yourself the best of you and it's not up to anybody else to determine that for you or to figure that out for you it's it's really it it comes back to the individual and i think a lot of people i think the appeal of being able to push off your your independent choices that have had negative consequences is a it's a whole lot more fun to say that it's because you didn't get a fair ride than because you were dumb you know yeah i mean that's a solid point so like uh another way to kind of to ask this or to think about it uh so is life fair i think you know it's easily proven that it's obviously not fair but then the question becomes is it okay or are people justified in trying to make it fair whether it be through laws or uh, i suppose there are probably other means that i'm not thinking of but primarily laws is what i'm thinking of so like, uh, we can attribute this to, you know, the tax situation. We kind of talked about that uh, a little bit earlier. So uh, if someone's wealthier, should you tax them more? Because that is technically unfair, but you were trying to make the entire playing field more fair, if that makes sense. Uh, obviously, you know, there are better ways to do it, you know, flat tax rate, whatever. But uh, is it justified to try to make humans equal through laws what do you guys think so i saw a really cool graphic one day it's been a while back so i doubt i'll be able to find it and it was three guys who were standing at a fence at a baseball field okay and the first one been there the first one could see over the fence the second one couldn't quite see over the fence and the third one was only halfway up the fence Oh, is this like the equity versus equality sort of deal? Exactly. Equity says that everybody gets one milk crate to stand on. So now the person who could already see see over the fence can see over the fence. The person who could almost see over the fence can see over the fence. And the other person standing on a milk crate still can't see over the fence. (laughs) That's equity. So equality, I guess, is when the tall guy gives his box to the short guy and says, here, now you can see too. The question mm-hmm. is, is do you want somebody to come up and take that box from you and give it to him because it's the right because it's appears to be the right thing to do, or should he be willing to give up his box so that this guy can see? I mean, I don't I think, think anyone has the right choice. to come and take it. Yeah, it's absolutely his choice, uh, and that's that's kind of like one of my things about taxation and stuff. So, like, if we stop taxing the rich so so much would they then be willing to donate more so if we went to you know a 15 or 18 percent uh flat tax rate 
would those millionaires and billionaires that makes all kinds of money, would they then be willing to uh, give more to charity? Who most of which... Just another abstract. Who most of oh. which already donate a lot of money to charity. I mean, no doubt, but I mean, whenever you consider percentages of stuff, it's I not, mean, I understand that. Uh, but that's what you get when you're the government and you incentivize, you know charitable giving is you're going to give up to that amount and you're done so when it's not up to that amount and you're done do you say okay two hundred fifty thousand dollars where i cut off my charitable contributions or do you say hey guess what i made 40 million dollars this year i can live without one million of it here parks and rec build you some new parks around the city you know i mean yeah whenever it's not forcibly taken from someone they're likely going to i, I think that at least I would be more likely to give it if it weren't, you know, stolen from me. But, and it's, it's one of those things. And I think that if I had more money than I knew how to spend, I would really want to, I'd want to try and make things better. Whether you want to call it a legacy or because I want to help out a community, even if it's for selfish reasons, does it matter if you're doing good? You know, even if it's because I want to see my name on that park on the corner and I want everybody to know that I paid for that park. Does it matter if I did that out of selfishness? just be, Or do people remember that you bought a park? You know? See, I, I think it's... <clears throat> I think you have a good point there that... Yeah, I, absolutely that I think. Uh, it doesn't matter. As long as the park is there and people are, have the ability to enjoy it, I think that's really all that matters. I mean, I agree that nobody needs as much money as some of these people have. And I agree that they earned it, and that nobody else has yeah. a right to it. But I think that if you're not willing to share the wealth a little bit, then what are you doing? You know, what's wrong with you yeah. that you're not willing to to reach out a helping hand and, and help someone out? And I'm sure these people lift more people out of poverty than we could ever imagine. Just look at Jeff Bezos and Probably. how many jobs he creates, and how many people he, you know, I mean, just... Amazon is a fantastic company to work for. I mean, just d no doubts about it. Everybody says Amazon's a great place to work. They have great. I, I don't know. I, I've I've heard like uh, like a lot of like former workers there who didn't really like it. But I mean, like maybe like, it's just a small loud minority. I don't know. Well, but I mean, you know, if you're working in a packing center, it's probably going to suck just as bad as every other packing center. You know, but you. I mean, probably. but you have to look at. You, you can't I don't think you can look based on unskilled labor how the quality of a place's workspace I think you have to look at the ability for you to grow into the company and how they're willing to help you grow as an individual if you can go uh, you is it UPS that if you work there for four years they'll help you out with your college tuition yeah I'm not sure how it works why is everybody not working there I mean <laughs> I'm not sure, I mean, I'm sure they're hourly least lesser, but you know, people don't necessarily look at those those as benefits. Like they really just look at you know the rate per hour. They don't consider the insurance or the 401k plans or in this like the tuition assistance. Like people just don't really bring that into consideration when looking for jobs. So people are ignorant. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. And then they get mad because they're ignorant. And they want the government to pay off their debt. Exactly. So, at the end of the day, don't be stupid, and you don't have a problem. Or, you know, stupid, maybe, stupid. Just, maybe, <laughs> just, or maybe just do, like, a little bit of, you know, studying. 
like look it up see what's going on maybe figure out that you know college isn't the necessarily the route to go these days you know stuff i mean you're like absolutely that. right like i mean i i've been welding for a few years now and i mean it's treated me fairly well and i mean i know they're like college isn't for everybody nor should it be uh it's probably part of the reason why it's so expensive but you know welding and uh, hvac uh electricians like you can make a lot of money and make a good living just by doing like learning and mastering some of these trades no doubt like we have far too many college graduates that you know can't use their degrees or don't know how to and on top of that if you have a skill if you have a marketable skill you are now able to not only be a earner but you can be a job creator you can spend 15 years in the electrical industry and you can really figure out how to manage people and you can really figure out what it takes to run a business and you can go open your own spot and you can now you get to be the guy you know it's the most it's the easiest way to have your income grow and your and your your ability to switch from class to class is to be able to be a job creator um none nobody who owns a business a really well run successful business because there are people who run businesses that are kind of teetering out things happen but for the most part in the trade industry if you're good at what you do you can find work and if you're really good at what you do or you have an eye for business you can create the work and that gives you the ability to be flexible because you can you can take a skill and you can move it from place to place it's hard to take knowledge of a of a particular place and move it to another place you know what i mean yeah it's it's yeah absolutely it's easy to learn a system and then just apply that system and polish that system but if you know conceptually how to do something you have the real knowledge of how it works and you are able to become mobile with that information and that's where your power comes from i will say that it does get really old listening to people blame their situation on things that are irrelevant to where they are right now so there are do you have a particular example uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I was going to give one. Uh, so, like, people say, well, I came up in this time frame, and I grew up in the hood. Uh, I will, I, I'll say that uh, something I see a lot on TV, which who knows if these people are even giving uh, real-life statements or not, but people blame uh, being in a gang on where they came up. So, like, Oh, well, I came up in this hood. This is this is who was running the streets. Uh, they might even say the streets uh, because of uh, poor enunciation. Uh, and they blame where they're at now on. Oh, I came up on this street. This gang ran this street, so that's who I run with. Yada yada yada. <clears throat> at some point in life, you have to make a choice. Do I want to be a part of a gang and just have this be who I am, or? Do I want to find a way to make my situation better? Now, not all situations are equal. Some people do have real excuses, I guess. 
but I think it's always the person's choice on whether or not they want to blame the the system and the society on where they're at. And then there's the people who make the choice to say, my situation doesn't define me. I'm going to do what I want to do, which is, I mean, who knows? The kid might want to become an astronaut, and if he really wants to, I think that if he has the the drive, that kid could become an astronaut if he just that puts in the work. That is absolutely not true. I mean, he could become an astronaut. It is, but it's so far unlikely. Like, don't get me wrong, Matt. Like, I'm super sympathetic to your point. Like, I, I get where you're coming from. I think that being a victim of circumstance is an excuse for a child. But, but, but I also adults, I have to accept the other that side excuse. that if you grew up in what you say the hood, whether it be you know some portions of Philadelphia, some portions of St. Louis, Cincinnati, whatever. That's what you're used to. That is your culture. So I don't think it's fair to put it on the individual to say, yes, they have to make the decision to get out of that. Because is it really a decision? Like, you have to play the cards that you're given. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it may not be the best uh, work, but, you know, if you have to be a drug dealer to make money, then, I mean, that's capitalism at its best. Or at its worst, I guess. So, to necessarily be like, yeah, some people, yeah, they're absolutely a victim of circumstance. And mm-hmm. in, in some scenarios, yeah, they can, you know, make decisions to get out of it. But I don't think any of us are really qualified to make that decision because, you know, we all grew up in like, and, you know, not perfect, but a, a decent, you know, a, a decent uh, hometown. And we had many opportunities and we have. We don't really have gangs and stuff like that, so I don't think it's really fair to us to just speak to that uh, subject in itself, just because we are just ignorant, really, to what actually goes on inside hoods and inside gangs. So I'm not sure we have the if we're warranted to even talk about that. Well, what about other situations that people have come through in situations just like the one I spoke on? There are people who do come out of it and become business owners. They become yeah. I mean, it absolutely happens, but the fact that we hear about it is what is interesting if it were truly as easy as you're making it seem then there wouldn't be news stories because people would just do it because like you said it's just a decision but there are news stories people are like oh yeah rags to riches uh this that and whatever but like it's very very hard to do it is a very hard decision to make and it's very complicated sets and it's not easy at all so that's the simple fact that there are stories rags to riches and news stories i think kind of make that point that it's it's not really a decision to be made i'm not touching that with a 20 foot pole um (laughs) i will get canceled so fast um so i'm gonna bring it back to something different i think um people who have babies in high school and then complain that they can't find a good job or have no money accidents happen you're worried about getting canceled but you're going to talk about that i mean accidents happen i get it but then you cannot be the person who complains that you didn't get to go to college and we should be you know paying you 15 dollars an hour to work at mcdonald's i'm sorry you know, I mean, I'm on I'm on Dusty's side on that one. Like, I there are plenty of options for contraceptives. And as long like, as your body, your choice is an option, I don't want to hear that. Never ever. Yeah. I mean, I'm fine with that. 
Well, uh, you know, situation, nobody's perfect. Uh, I understand, but... and there are plenty of people, there are plenty of single moms out there with kids who freaking hustle and worked two jobs while going to school and raising their baby. And f- did they have help? Probably. If not, I don't know how else they would do it. But they made a decision to change their situation. They took real steps towards doing so. Very difficult ones, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, and to for anybody to say that for anybody to say that nothing is possible, that you cannot become a even just a moderately successful person in America is either ignorant or lazy. There's yeah. there's yeah. opportunities think... everywhere if you're looking in the right spot, if you know what to look for, if you're if you're resourceful enough, resourceful enough to look and see where where you can go to make money or what you can do to make money, there's opportunities everywhere. It's just, yeah, and that's just how you define a success. Uh, definitely uh, makes that claim like makes that claim valid or not. But yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of opportunities to become marginally successful i suppose like you know at least you know being able to eat (laughs) you know whether you live paycheck to paycheck i mean doesn't really matter well and if if you're coming from a place where you were hungry as a kid all the time and now you got food on your table every night and your rent's paid successful you're successful but now for my kids to be successful i want them to be better than me and that is on you to instill that in them to push them for that and to explain to them why I came up poor. We had no food on the table. I worked really hard to get where I am. I'm not going to lie to you. It was not easy. Did a lot of things that took a lot of time and effort. But you're going to have to do the same thing I did because I want you to be better than me. And I think that it's, you know, poor. I think a lot of people are letting... letting the school systems try to instill that into their kids and try to we try to tell our kids that it doesn't matter what you do as long as you're happy but happy doesn't pay the bills you you should certainly have someone smart told me that you need to have three hobbies you need to have one that you just really enjoy you hobby you know whether it's whittling or knitting whatever you need, or making podcasts. You need to have a hobby that you can make a side hustle. That you can so a podcast. That you can have potential to grow into a career at some point. And you need to have a hobby of hard work. No matter what you do, you need to be able. You so need would to the be, hobby of hard work be considered like your, you know, forty-hour week job or whatever? Whatever it is, if it's that you're working hard at hobby two and three so that you can turn two into a or if you say so you can turn your hobby that you want to turn into a hustle into a hustle if you want to work hard on your knitting skills and be an awesome knitter i don't know how much of a demand there is for that but if that's what you love and you want to put a lot of work into it great do it but you need to have, I mean, you just have to, you have to have things instilled in you at a young age. And I think we've done a pretty poor job recently 
of instilling that into people that you have to be willing to work for what you get. You're not handed anything in life. We all come out we all come out naked and afraid, and that's where our similarities stop in this life. So do you think that people's uh, adult situation is environmental or completely up to chance? It can be a little bit of both. I mean, what are the chances that your mom dies in a car accident when you're seven? I have to think that your mom probably would have given you a better upbringing than the, you know, the orphanage you ended up in. God, that's awful. Uh, than the orphanage you ended up in. You're making this, like, worst-case scenario. Because if you can't argue it at the worst case, then you can never argue it. But But are you saying the person in the the orphanage has zero chance? But then you can back off from there and say, yeah, you're right. But, you know, but then that kid, you know, they don't have an excuse for their whole life as to why they're, you know while they're homeless and see, but I mean, I, you know, but I can understand a little bit what happened and I can sympathize with them. I can empathize. I can sympathize with them. And, you know, but that's to me, it's not a full fledged excuse to be, you know, maybe that's an excuse as to why you drink, but it's not an excuse as to why you don't have a job. Yeah. The drinking's why they don't have a job. Maybe. <laughs> So I guess the question here is, back to Sam's original, uh, do you think that the government should, or Sam, correct me if I'm wrong, I do believe you asked uh, if the government should step in and make it more fair, right? Uh, In a roundabout way, Is life fair is what he asked, I believe. Well, that was the original question, Mm -hmm. then we kind of moved on to, is it okay or should the government step in, you know, or law of whatever sort, step in and try to make life more fair for everyone my answer is no no Dustin? Uh, mine's to to an extent there's definitely a gray area there for me uh, there's a small gray area there there is um nothing's black and white so uh, you know but there's a small gray area but for i the, don't know i'm awfully white but for the most part no i mean you can't force anybody to do i don't think you should be able to force anybody to do anything for one so forcing somebody to give up theirs so you can have yours is just because of your you know of the circumstances is not a really a good reason in my opinion and for the people that will say what about people who inherit wealth look it up the amount of people who inherit a lot of wealth and stay wealthy is not a high percentage. A lot of times, it's it's just like being a monarch uh, in in the ancient world. Just because your dad was a great king and a great man does not mean you will be. I love that you say ancient world, but you know we 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 had monarchs like uh, in the grand scheme of, like you're in scheme of things during the first world war. <laughs> well, I mean you're right, and that's you know it goes back to that. Anyway, I was thinking more of like. Greece and you know yeah. Rome, and we're really more an aim towards yeah. Persia because I've been doing a lot of studying of Persia lately because it's kind of interesting. But then there are the the few examples where Alexander the Great comes from Philip the comes from what Philip the Second, I believe. No idea. Uh, his father conquers no all this land, 
builds a massive empire and dies and leaves it to his 16-year-old son. And his 16-year-old son picks up the mantle and wears it better than his father ever could have imagined. Those stories are far and few between. There are way more kings you've never heard of because they sucked at their job than guys there are like Alexander the Great. And that's just how it is. Have, yeah, but to, people... to mention like the statistics and stuff that you're talking about, like if you're born into a wealthy family, you're not guaranteed to stay uh, wealthy. You know, that's, that's fair. It's a fair claim. But like then you have to consider the other side of it. If you're poor and you were born poor, it's even far less likely that you're going to become wealthy. In terms of like the you know the you know um, in, in excess, I mean that's probably true. But there's, I mean, I'm just saying you can't say that people who everybody who's born with money is rich, and you can't say that everyone who was born without money is poor. There are plenty of examples on both sides. I would think that you could make a pretty pretty convincing argument that the majority of it, it probably evens out is what i'm saying is the people who were born rich probably stay rich about as often as the people who were poor make it out of poverty i uh, see i totally disagree i uh, like if you're wealthy like your parents kind of like you're talking about earlier they instill within you you know hopefully most of the time like how to create like what is the stock market like uh, how to save money, how to invest money. So given that step up and giving, you know, if you have a small loan of a million dollars, like, yeah, you can do a lot with that. Yeah, you're not guaranteed, but, you know, if I had a small loan of a million dollars, I guarantee you I'd be pretty wealthy right now. I mean, you're right. I could do a lot with that, but. <laughs> so I don't, I think that kind of negates your point. Whatever you do, don't open a restaurant. Yeah, that's a horrible idea. No, it's great for taxes because they lose so much money. <laughs> the startup cost on a restaurant. Restaurants are fine long term, but you got to short term it because, like, initial startup cost is a lot, especially if you have to build a building and buy land and then yeah. furnish your building and then hire a staff and then go through the learning curve that is owning a restaurant, you know? Or any sort of business, really, for that matter. But, like, restaurants start to the nth degree. Yeah, because no it's, it's such a hit or miss. You can have one bad experience with one customer, and they and five people they know will never come back. Yeah. Where, you know, it's not quite as serious <laughs> as far as... I mean, it's a service industry. You have to have good service. So, to kind of... So, to answer the question, is life fair... Absolutely not, but should the government step in to try to make things more fair? No. Maybe solely in the eyes of the law, but socially and really any other thing for me, I, w I would say no. I would like to see private citizens step up in lieu of, we don't have to rely on the government for things. The government's a scary thing, and I don't, I, don't I don't trust them, and I don't think they do anything well, and I think private citizens probably do a better job than ever. Look at the See, amount. It just totally depends on what we're trying to do. Like, if we left it up to the private citizens, we never would have gone to the moon. Or maybe not so never, but we wouldn't have we wouldn't have gone to the moon by now. Well, you don't I think we would have you. gone by now, even though Elon Musk is launching cars into space. 
No, absolutely not, because guess what? NASA paved the way for Elon Musk to do that. Without NASA, no, Elon Musk likely wouldn't have SpaceX. He, they, NASA, like, it was such a big project that you had to have a state to back it because it's so expensive. There's no way a privatized citizen would have been able to put forth enough money and to, to go to space. There's just no way. And yet, here we are, we're, you're going to tell me that Elon Musk is going to be the first person on Mars and not the U.S. government? Uh, yeah, because, I mean, like I said, NASA paved the he way paved for the way. him. But he paved, NASA, they he paved went. the way to go to the moon. Going yeah, to Mars Dusty, is a totally like, different problem. <laughs> no, Did it has really different attributes, but you're still you're still launching a rocket from the Earth. Like... I don't think you're quite understanding that, yeah, there are differences, but they're not that extravagant. There are different challenges to overcome, but, like, not that extravagant. Okay, regardless, it really doesn't affect our conversation, I guess, because going to space is not necessarily something that would make people's lives better or more equal, aside from the things that they discovered while going to space. Yeah, but we're okay. talking about the equity of citizens, not the advancement of space travel. Well, I mean, you said that we can't rely on the government, and I was saying, I mean, to what extent? Like, you have to rely on it to some extent, especially with big projects like that. With the United, the uh, highway systems that you know, we can't rely on privatized citizens for that. So, I mean, I'm just saying there are there are there's definitely places for the government to be that is very advantageous. Are you telling me there would be no roads anywhere in the United States without the government? No, but we wouldn't have the highways, the highway system we have today without the United States government. Without Dwight Eisenhower. Exactly. Now, what I will say is, Dusty, do you think we really went to the moon? Yes, yes, I do. Oh, damn it. I was trying to get under Samuel's skin, but it didn't work. Every time I say, did we really go to the moon, he freaks out. Uh, I know. You do it all the time, and it pisses me off. <laughs> 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 well, we'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Always remember, like and subscribe and give us a follow. See you, Bill. Wherever in you Oklahoma. do get your podcast. And Bill in Oklahoma, good day. <laughs>